the Click owns this business. Coming down the aisle, Bimbo, Jimbo, baby, who is? You know that I'm the cream of the crop. Give me a hell yeah. Today, woo, I've got the stop and profile like never before. From our studios in downtown San Francisco, this is In The Click, Bimbo Jimbo, alongside my tag team partner, Baby Huey. Hello, and welcome again, everybody. We're live, pal. Hey, buddy. What's going on? Oh, man. Just another beautiful day in paradise. Here we are in the Bay Area, and the great weather has been holding true. It's nice out. Again, more sun-kissed days here in actual Bay Area summer. I know. I was thinking about that recently. It was like... Man, it must suck to go back to school right now because, like, literally the weather is awesome. And, like, for me personally here at the radio station, we're so busy, which is a lot of events and concerts. And, it's it, it, like I said, it's a really fun time right now. Just there's so much going on, even in the wrestling world, so much to talk about. I feel Always. like every week... There's something huge breaking, it feels like. I won't I won't drone on about the weather because I, I, I do know we have listeners that are not in the Bay Area. They're probably enduring some harsher climates. And if you are one of those people, like we close the show, see ya. And I wouldn't want to be ya. And we do have something for our more Bay Area-centric listeners or any listeners that are willing to go to the Bay Area. We have that ticket giveaway. Oh. That we have up on 1077thebone.com. So, Baby Huey, yes. hit them with it. It's, Tell them how they can win some tickets to go see WWE. It's very easy. All you have to do, go to 1077thebone.com. We have a contest page, but we call it our win free S page. So, you click on that, 1077thebone.com. Click on that. It's at the top of the website. Scroll down. We have a lot of great contests up there. A lot of easy ways to win tickets to various events. But for you and I specifically, we want you guys to enter to win for a chance to win tickets to either Raw or SmackDown Live. It's your choice. If you're the winner, you get to choose which show you go to when they come to the Chase Center next month, the future home, or actually about to be the home of Bimbo Jimbo. So uh, Raw and SmackDown. The house that Jimbo built. It is my current home, actually, now. (laughs) You should just move in Initially moved in. So uh, Raw is coming to the Chase Center here in San Francisco, the future home of the Golden State Warriors. On Monday, September 23rd, and then the next night, Tuesday, September 24th, will be SmackDown Live. So you have a choice. If you're the winner, which show to go to? So go and wins. Really simple. Fill out your name, email, all that stuff. And uh, if you're the lucky winner, we will contact you and let you know uh, you're the winner and which show you want to go to. So you have until September 8th. So don't wait around last minute. Enter the win now. Find other people you know. Let them enter to win. So maybe if they win, they can take you or vice versa. All that stuff. Share the link as well. It's up on all of our Facebook and Twitter pages at In The Click, which you can follow us anytime there. So like you said, it's hey, it's free. As uh, Chasta says, free 99. Ain't yeah. nothing better than that. Some free tickets. Yes, exactly. So get your ass to 1077 The Bones website. Enter the contest. I uh, hope to see you out there at Raw or SmackDown uh, when it comes to Chase Center. But... 
Uh, we have to get to a quick little recap of what uh, the Houston and I did over the course of our weekend. Uh, we start things out as we've been uh, sort of talking in the buildup for uh, BTW Under the Stars. We had Bret Hart on a couple of weeks ago to promote that event. And uh, it was literally Under the Stars out in Newark. It was an outdoor show, which I thought was a really cool setup. We had a lot of fun going out there. Uh, and, and seeing what BTW had to offer, but that was it was a really cool. They did they did they did a good job. I thought. yeah for well for me personally, Tommy and I, my brother, we had a lot of fun hanging out with Jimbo for a couple days over the w- last weekend. It was just fun spending time with you and a lot of our friends out there. But yeah, I mean Newark Pavilion, great spot venue for wrestling over the years. That's like big time wrestling's home for all their events. But yeah, this time around, it was the first time in three years. That they did the show outside, kind of like on the big blacktop area. It was just really cool just to them putting on these matches outside. And like the weather, as you said, here in the Bay Area has been awesome. So it was perfect weather just to be outside and take in all this wrestling, the meet and greet beforehand, which was indoors where they normally have their wrestling matches. It was packed all around. We saw a lot of our friends there from the local Bay Area wrestling scene as well. So for you and I, it was just a lot. Did you have any particular highlights for you specifically? Uh, I just, I, I, I really like the venue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I personally thought the taking, like, what great timing to take advantage of. I mean, obviously, you can't plan ahead that it's going to be this amazing weather, but mm-hmm. uh, the outdoor show setup I thought was really interesting and cool. And I think uh, that's something that I think a lot of promoters uh, can sort of toy around with and, and maybe do more of in the future. But I, I, I liked that. It was almost felt like a pro wrestling uh, sort of barbecue kind of, kind of setup <laughs> deal. So I, I enjoyed that. I mean, uh, it was great seeing Billy Gunn uh, back out in the Bay Area and, and you know, Davey Boy Smith Jr. Yeah, and, that was really um, cool. I always love, uh, you know, when we go out to see BTW, like, essentially, like, their resident people's champion, Shane Cody, uh, is always awesome. Like, the pop that he gets from the crowd, from the BTW faithful, is really second to none, even, like, compared to, like, you know, the, the outside talent that they bring in. It's really impressive uh, just how popular he is amongst the BTW crowd. So that was really cool. Yeah, and uh, the matches, they had, what, six matches that night, so it was a good mixture of, like, their current superstars on their roster, the wrestlers that they have, and the outside uh, talent that they bring in for this. It was cool to talk to Bret Hart as well. He was doing his mean greet. His line was so long, but it was cool. Um, talking to Davey Boy Smith Jr. as well, and um, even, uh, uh, you know, Missy Carlisle, who's one of the managers in big-time wrestling. It was very cool. Uh, hear that she loves listening to the bone and especially mandatory metallic and all that stuff. So like I said, it was just a lot of fun, a lot of great people out there and looking forward to uh, their next event. I think in October, they're going to have a big show going on. My, my only critique uh, is uh, just uh, you know, fantasy, just armchair quarterbacking, armchair booking, uh, big time wrestling uh, is that you have your resident people's champion, badass Shane Cody. And also at that show, you have, Badass Billy Gunn, <laughs> put them in a tag team, and you got Team Badass against whatever your resident, you know, top two heels or, or what have you as the main event. That's the only thing that I would have done differently. I'm, I'm, I'm pro Team Badass happening in the future, so we'll we'll see what happens there. But uh, the wrestling hits didn't stop there for the weekend. We uh, winged on down to San Jose for Silicon Valley Comic Con on Saturday to make it to Stone Cold Steve Austin's panel that he did. Now I'm a, I'm a, a veteran of of the convention circuit, uh, going back for a, a little while now. Mm. Uh, I go to San Diego Comic Con every year, and uh, maybe that makes me a little jaded or whatever. But I really uh, enjoyed uh, Stone Cold's panel. 
Uh, you, you know, and it was just it was just Steve and a moderator mm-hmm. answering questions, and they and they kicked it over to fan Q and A pretty quick, which. Uh, honestly, sometimes in San Diego, you don't really get that many fan questions in. Mm. So I think uh, I think that was a good move. I think it helped the moderator. Sort of it spurred her into some conversations after a fan question, which yeah. I thought was really good. Uh, and, I, you know, knowing Steve, you know, he likes to get that, like, sort of, like, conversational vibe going. And I, and I thought that I thought played to Steve's strengths really well. And we yeah. got we got some cool stories out. But what, what did you think of it? I, it was a one. I'm glad we got there on time because I didn't realize how packed it was. It was just very cool to see Stone Cold just kind of be chill, sitting in the chair, talking to the moderator with the crouches in front of him. And the whole ballroom that it was inside was packed with people. And it was just cool to hear him just talk and like, Kind of very similar to like maybe like you hear on his podcast, just him just kind of shooting the breeze and opening up. And uh, I the the panel itself, if I remember, it said one thirty to two thirty on the website. I was like, oh, cool, a full hour, maybe like thirty minutes of the moderator and him talking, and maybe thirty minutes Q and A with the fans. Not sure the whole layout, but when we got there, he was talking with her, and that probably went for like maybe what a good fifteen twenty minutes. It was him. It was just cool him talking about stories about from his legendary wrestling career and opening up uh, life on the road and uh, just some other things, uh, even his transition into the entertainment world and some stories from that. So it's just cool to hear him open up. And then, as you said, the fan Q and A, I thought that was really a great crutch for even the moderator, just because a lot of the fans had specific questions for Steve from his career or just maybe current wrestling news and topics. And just to get his hot takes on that. So it was cool to him just open up and then uh, the moderator would jump in and maybe follow up with a question based on his answer to the Q&A. So I thought that was a cool balance right there. But I was just a little surprised it ended early. It was done probably within like 30, 35 minutes, I want to say roughly. So I I thought it was going to go a little bit longer. But I know Steve had a busy day with doing autographs and the photos with all the fans. So maybe they kind of had to cut it short to make way for him to get over the other place. But it was just fun just to be in his presence in a room with him and just listen to him talk. And, uh, I mean, you know me, I'm I'm the biggest mark for Stone Cold. So just to kind of be in the room with him again. It, it, he doesn't do a lot of these. I, I don't know about you, you, but if you notice, like in the last year or two, he's kind of starting to do more public appearances. Like he said he, for in the Q&A, he's a loner. So I know he was living in Los Angeles, then back to Texas, and now he says he's in Nevada now. So and he's bouncing between Nevada and Los Angeles more. So maybe yeah. he's trying to do more entertainment stuff that way. But I don't know. Uh, maybe this is a sign for him to start doing more of these conventions or more public appearances. So I think for you and I, it was a great opportunity to be in the same room with him. And so if you go to the Bones website, one zero seven seven thebone dot com, or go to at in the click Facebook and Twitter. I share the link, like a little recap of the panel. So has some photos there, has some video highlights, including some of his answers from the Q&A. So in case you missed it or if you were there, you want to relive it, we have it all right there for you. Easy, one-stop shopping. I, I really uh, did appreciate uh, sort of his closing remarks, you know, thanking the fans and everything like that. And I think that speaks to your point in terms of why he's doing more public appearances like this is that, you know, when you're in it, uh, you know, you maybe take it for granted a little bit. Like you're appreciative of it. But you don't realize what it's going to be like necessarily when it's gone and you don't mm-hmm. have that sort of rush of being in front of people and everything like that. He does seem genuinely appreciative of all of his fans and everything, which is really cool. Steve seems like a like a super chill guy. Uh, and I, you know, and we had him on um, 
you know, a couple years ago, a couple years ago now, which is crazy to think about that it's been that long. But uh, I always appreciate his candidness, and I appreciate his candidness when talking about WrestleMania X7 because it is, you know, by a lot of people's accounts, like the best WrestleMania of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, it's it's such a fascinating sort of point in wrestling history. Uh, it's it's both the height of the Attitude Era and maybe some people say the end of the Attitude uh-huh. Era all in all in one show. And I was there live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Steve Austin could have pulled out a gun and shot The Rock and pinned him one two three, and I still would have been cheering for him. I wanted Austin to win that match so bad. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, and I think that <laughs> we could talk, I could talk a lot about that because I do think there is sort of like. The more casual wrestling fan, I think, wanted The Rock, you know, because mm-hmm. he was in the movies. You know, he was like starting. He, yeah, 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 it was starting. To, it was starting to gear up for him and stuff like that. And you know, he had the you know maybe the more sort of easier, cooler catchphrases at the time. But it's like, dude, the hardcore guy's like, no, dude, Steve's our guy. Yeah. Uh, and so like, I, it's just going back to that. You know, Steve won that night, but he turned heel, mm-hmm. and in a lot of ways, it sort of it, for a period of time killed the Stone Cold character. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I appreciate him talking about it at Silicon Valley Comic Con saying, you know, if he had a do-over, he wouldn't have turned heel at WrestleMania X7. He would have told Vince, play, hey, you know, keep your head on a swivel for that stunner. You know, because, call, call an audible, yeah, he because said. the whole time I was expecting at the very end, I was like, dude, Vince is going to catch one. Like, Steve's not going to really align with just him. He's just doing everyone. this to win the championship, yeah. you know, and he's still going to be stone cold. Uh, and I expected him to do it on Raw the next night and everything like that. I kept home because nobody wanted None of us wanted it. Was just such a betrayal of like the the underpinning of of, of Stone Cold. Yeah. Uh, so it was it was interesting to hear him talk again. And he's talked about this several times now over the years that he would have he would have made a different call. Uh, but I appreciate hearing that in person. Uh, it's just very interesting. So that that was cool. Uh, and I got to give credit to Silicon Valley Comic Con in terms of like the last time I was there. I guess was you know four years ago yeah. or something like that. And man, I'll, I'll be damned. That thing uh, that thing's growing. And and I I uh, yeah yeah also not- shout out Vicky Guerrero it's nice to catch up with oh her in person too that was that was that was cool what a sweet sweet lady and what a uh, surprise because I I saw her promoting a Stockton Con last month and all that stuff but I didn't know she was going to be back in the Bay Area so soon uh, or actually a couple weeks ago was Stockton Con but to her to be back already you and I were just walking around like the main room and we see her in her booth and we're like. Oh my God! So we, we introduce ourselves. Excuse me. Yeah, we introduce ourselves, and uh, she says, "I knew you guys looked familiar." And she gave us big hugs, and she said she wanted to come back on the show. So I thought, "Oh, that was awesome!" So she was just genuinely so cool and nice in person. I thought that was awesome, and all all the fans cosplaying, and I thought that was cool this time around because of maybe Stone Cold's presence. There was a lot more wrestlers yeah. cosplay, or even a lot of Stone Cold Steve Austin cosplayers. So that that element. It was nice seeing the, the the combo of not only superheroes and other pop culture related appearances and cosplay, but you got like wrestling fans in attendance now. So maybe that's a sign. Maybe they'll have more wrestlers come into this world that Silicon Valley's been building up. They draw. All right, we got we got to move right along here. Uh, some some big nuptial news in the world of professional wrestling, and that is. The man, Becky Lynch, and Seth Rollins are engaged. What? Uh, in, terms of, in terms of relationships length, I, I would say that's a squash match uh, because they are already engaged. Wait, they're together? I didn't know. They're, I had no idea. You know what's fortunate? They've keyed away from that on TV of late. <laughs> so, yeah, very thankful for that. But they are, they are officially engaged. They announced on their social media. Uh, congratulations to the two of them and yes, Seth congrats. Rollins now being the biggest heel in professional wrestling. <laughs> Uh, 
Good job, buddy. Well, how long have they been dating for? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm not sure because it, it you know, there's rumors about it and didn't go public until right around WrestleMania time. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, who knows? But they, they see, they seem very happy with one another. I'm sure they're even happier that they're not being force fed down our throats in terms of, uh, on screen. But just cause, uh, I know she was dating a comedian by the name of Jeff Dye last year, I believe it was. And so that's why I was just kind of like the timeline of, wow, she went from one relationship to another. When you know, you know. Yeah, that's true. Hey, as long as they're happy, we're happy. You know, good for them. And so uh, I'm curious to see how this is all going to play out. Are they going to tie this into another storyline segment? But like what you just said, it's been nice post, was it Extreme Rules? They kind of backed off and let them go down their yeah, separate roads. God. Which I'm fine with. Like, let them be their own separate yeah. identities. Because I was legitimately worried on their behalf that the the force feeding of the on screen aspect of their relationship would lead to the sort of diffusement of their actual relationship behind the scenes. Because it's like, dude, you're already dating. You know, there can be hurt feelings when you have to do stuff creatively. Mm-hmm. You know, with another person, yeah. uh, and it's it's not necessarily personal, but it's you know just. You maybe you don't agree everything, so you're adding another layer and another element to an already combustible situation, which is dating anyone. Yeah. So I mean, uh, I, I'm but I'm happy for them that it seemed to uh, to work out, and now and now they 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 are set to be married. Hopefully, uh, we do an on screen wedding. Maybe Jake the Snake will show up. Maybe Kane. Maybe <laughs> Eric Bischoff will be under a mask. I mean, there's a whole a whole litany of of things that we could do with this wedding. That's Good like, Lord, maybe that'll be the main event of WrestleMania this year. That's a wedding. Thinking. I was like, doesn't man. matter if you've been together three years, three months, or three minutes. Oh, great <laughs> moment! Great, great moment. The, the Eric Bischoff being the the pastor moment at Billy guy, yeah. and Chuck's wedding is one of the all-time great surprises in pro wrestling. Like, I had no idea. That was, like, straight out of Mission Impossible. Uh, And I freaked out, man. I thought that was so cool. Might be the coolest thing Eric Bischoff's ever done. Uh, And then they tried to, like, redo it with Stephanie, like, a few weeks later, and it just just wasn't as cool. So I was like, ah, you you ruined it. Uh, but, But when Bischoff did it, so rad. Well, you think Seth is going to propose on TV, like, Becky, <laughs> well, you know, will you marry me? You know, Johnny Mundo, uh, well, no, I mean, well, I'll tell you. Johnny Mundo <laughs> did it uh, that way on Lucha Underground. He totally ripped off Macho Man as an homage oh, yeah. when he proposed to Taya. Uh, those, you know, who follow the In the Click canon know that Baby Huey does not watch or support Lucha Underground. <laughs> why are you making that, up lies? And that's why there's no season five, because of people like him. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> be that as it may, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of avenues to go. In all seriousness, I hope they don't go uh, on yeah. screen with the wedding. Well, we don't you, need that. As you mentioned, because when you're in a relationship with someone, I'm sure for them, especially as wrestlers, it must be nice that they're on the road together. So instead of having that separation when, when one travels and one doesn't, them being together, it's kind of nice just for the relationship just to exist in that sense. But for them, I'm sure when they leave the arena for the night and go back to their hotel, whatever, it's just nice to have that personal time. But for them to work together like they were for the last couple of months with that storyline, I'm sure it's kind of like it can be a lot. It's like, listen, we need some a break. Like we want our relationship to be our personal time in a way, yeah. a, a break from work and like just relax. But if you bring the relationship into work and then it's like there's no stoppage. It's constantly 24-7. So 
I'm with you. I'm glad that they're kind of like doing their own things again on TV, their own yeah. separate storylines. Let them exist separately. Social media is weird, man. Yeah. Because like if things don't work out, it's very rare that you get like the announcement of like, oh, we're no longer together. Please, please like respect our privacy kind of thing. It's like now that it's like they did it on screen. It's almost like there's an expectation level of them being together like Macho Man and Miss Elizabeth. Yeah. I, I will forever see them uh, as a thing. As, oh, yeah, as, yeah, yeah. You know, and... Uh, you know, finding out more and more as time. You know, they 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 eventually split up, and Nikki Bella and John Cena most recently, mm-hmm. and everything. So, um, it, it is it is wrestling such an interesting phenomenon because it's like they're playing characters on TV, but they use so much of their real selves to get there. That well, it's uh, it's it's sort of a dice roll. I just hope, like you said, keep it separate. I mean. <sighs> I hope like they actually have a private ceremony and all that stuff just for their own sanity. I I, I don't want them to say take this into a big on screen thing just because it it was mixed feelings what they just did together this most recent run. So I don't want them to overdo it on TV again. But then again, I mean, some of WWE's, yeah, as you said, classic moments are wedding stuff involved somehow marriage relate married related stuff. So yeah. If it's done Test right. and Stephanie. Yeah. Triple H and Stephanie. Yeah, so I'm just saying. And Triple H and Stephanie in real life. Yeah. I mean, it could be, if done correctly, of course it could be very entertaining for the fans. But, I don't know. I just. I asked a girl to be my girlfriend on my uh, my radio show, The Best Damn Nerd Show. Yes. Yeah. That was a great moment. She said yes. But then again, I was pissed off because when she dumped my ass, which she did on my birthday, thank you very much, not bitter about it at all, she had the DC to do it on the show. So, I mean, oh, return- so, some closure for the listeners, please. Full circle. Yeah, exactly. Let them know what's up. Break my heart on air like, you know, it doesn't matter. I live, I'm live, I live my life as an open book. I don't care. Stomp on me that way. Call in and let me know. Like, ah. Anyway. I don't know how we got off that. <laughs> Jimbo's having a moment. Need a drink. Um, but there is actually some some big news uh, outside of uh, the man's uh, personal life and Seth Rollins' personal life, and that is uh, when we went off the air last week, uh, the prevailing wind and the prevailing thinking was that NXT was going to be moving to FS1. Mm-hmm. Pretty much right after the episode went live to all of you, uh, WWE announced that no, 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 it's not going to FS1. NXT will be going to USA Network starting September 18th. It will be two hours. Uh, they released uh, this thing on their website, WWE and USA Network. Today announced an agreement in principle to air WWE's weekly Wednesday night show, NXT Live on the USA Network starting September 18th. And they go on to talk about NXT's growth and popularity and new two-hour weekly show will expand its reach on the USA Network and all that jazz. Um, It's going to be going head-to-head with uh, AEW. I guess the Wednesday Night War has a little bit more of an alliteration and appeal to it. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. a lot of people do see this move as reactionary to AEW. Uh, just your overall reaction to the news and your your thinking on that. Because I'm not sure if necessarily – I mean, I think like – well, you're asking me for my reaction, and what comes to mind, there's a lot to break down with this announcement as far as what do we expect from the TV show, what does this symbolize, what's, what do we think is going to be presented to us. There's a lot to, to take in with this announcement, and uh, I mean, I don't know where to necessarily start with all this. It's, um, it's interesting – 
my first reaction is okay. Do you think AEW did too much poking towards WWE and WWE initially going back to Hall of Fame weekend or WrestleMania weekend? Remember when Triple H called it uh, that pissant company? Yeah. So it looked like they didn't care too much. It wasn't on their radar. But since then, in the last four and a half months, there's been a lot of moves on WWE's part that looks like it's counter-programming or a reaction to every step AEW does. And that's why, for me, it, 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 it's like, did AEW kind of bite too much <laughs> that they couldn't chew and, like, WWE's, like, coming back at them every single step? I don't I don't think... Um no, I, I don't. Th- I don't think so. I don't think. I don't think them like poking at WWE is what really spurred this move. I think. Uh, I think WWE over the last year or so, bef- and before AEW was even announced, they probably were looking at NXT uh, as being its own brand on TV and stuff uh-huh. like that. Now maybe AEW coming sped up the timeline and and help them choose to stay with. Like it's not like NXT used to air on Thursdays and now it's airing on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. It's always aired on Wednesdays, yes. and it's staying on Wednesdays. It's just going to be on the USA Network, and it's going to be another hour. Mm-hmm. So it's not like WWE shifted its time slot uh, in the sense or shifted its day to to compete directly with AEW. Just put it on they, a They got platform. a deal for a network. Why Why wouldn't they want that? Mm-hmm. Um, now, if in and this is goes to the whole thing about in terms of competing with AEW, if this is going to be a war. I think competition is great for everybody. Yes. Uh the only thing I will say is that WWE is not worried or sweating AEW, but I think if they learned anything from the Monday Night Wars in terms of just for us fans, it's going to be great if there is another Monday Night Wars. You know, for the people yeah. not involved in the business, like I don't ever want to get to that point where you know people are worried about their jobs or anything like that, the verge mm-hmm. of bankruptcy and stuff. Uh, but creatively, competition is great for everyone. Um, but they may have learned that. Well, why don't we just snuff them out before they even become big enough? Okay. You know? Okay. But well, listen, WWE's a publicly traded company. Yeah. Like, it's night and day between what WWE was even in the Monday Night Wars and now. Like, are they, like, the, the business model has certainly changed and everything like that. Mm-hmm. But they're a publicly traded company now. They, they're this global entity now. Well, let me ask you this. Like, for you, come starting, what, next month and after that, what are you going to watch first? Uh, on Wednesday night, what are you going to tune into first? Like, if you go home and it's uh, 8 o'clock at night, what you're going to watch first? Are you going to watch AEW on TNT or NXT on USA? That's a tough question. Uh, okay. I think I think right now my, my, my answer is AEW. Okay. Uh, because, because it's literally the newer thing. Yes. Um, you know, we have a lot of uh, love and equity built up with the guys that are running AW, and I want to see them. Mm-hmm. Like, if I don't watch NXT first, I know I know WWE and NXT are going to survive just fine and everything. And I will watch NXT. I do watch NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, I'm interested in seeing both, honestly, because the wrinkle with NXT is what is it going to be like on the USA Network? What is it going to be like at the two-hour length? Uh, creatively, just what will change, if anything, kind of deal with that. I'm so excited about this announcement, though, for NXT in terms of being its own brand on the positive side because you've got a stalwart like Johnny Gargano that he could really be the face of this brand. He could be Mr. NXT when it's all said and done if he's allowed to stay with them 
and steward them into this new frontier of being on the USA Network. That's very exciting. Put him in another match with Cole and put the belt on him again. <laughs> well, I, the other thing, too, is keep in mind, like you and I who grew up in the Monday Night Wars, this is the before streaming and DVRs and all that stuff. So literally, you and I were – well, actually, I take that back because – it was weird. TNT on my old cable provider, It w- I got the East Coast time. So I watched Nitro first, uninterrupted, and then flip over and watch Raw by itself because that was West Coast time. Interesting. So for me, I never had to do the whole back and forth, forth flipping channels. Con- like, okay, Nitro's going to commercial. I'm going to flip over to Raw right now and see what's going on. Okay, they're in commercials. Let me flip it back. So especially in today's world, DVR, you could easily watch one and then watch the other one right after or watch the next the next day during your lunch break or when you get home from work. So and that's the other thing to keep in mind with um with with uh with the announcement. They said NXT after it airs on USA, it'll be available on the network the next day. Which is huge. True. Huge. So I mean the other thing too is like I if anything, it might hurt the network a little bit, like maybe the subscribers, but it, it like, like, okay, why do I pay for the network then? And I can just watch it on the USA Network for free with my cable plan. But then again, this is a great ad for people to tune in and get the network to watch takeovers or future pay-per-views. So Correct. it's anything. It's just it's a bigger advertisement plan for the network. I, I think it'll be a net positive for the network. I love that it's going to be on there too because, uh, I mean, there's just going to be times when I don't catch it live or anything like that. And to be honest, if I'm watching something backlogged, I'd rather interface with the WWE Network than the USA uh, app or my DVR yeah. or what have yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, r- I'd rather go on the network. So I think that's I, I think that's a huge, huge pull. But I wish I wish Raw and SmackDown were on the network the day after. You I know, know it's the, like a month delay. Yeah, the delay on that's a little frustrating at times. Is that part of like their contractual rela- okay. TV thing? Um but this is, I mean, it's going to be very exciting. And I, I, I mean, it's it's 2019. People are going to watch both. I mean, Eric yeah. Bischoff and stuff has talked about how, like, those numbers during the Monday Night Wars, you know, weren't necessarily, you know, so the, the certain number of millions of people watching wrestling. Well, more likely it was the same people watching wrestling that were just changing the channel back and forth. You know, there wasn't, <laughs> yeah, so there people combining the numbers. I was one of the ones that had to change the channel back and forth. Okay. Uh, and there was the period where Nitro went to three hours yeah. and, and Raw was, thank God, still two. Uh, I would watch the first hour of Nitro and then it was WWE. And that really? was, it was, okay. yeah, it was, that was, that was the way it was. Now I would, I would try and, you know, if, if Raw went to a commercial, I'd flip back and see what was going on. If you know Goldberg or somebody I liked was Macho Man was doing his thing over there, but it was it was a pretty pretty WWF stalwart at that point. Now, <laughs> God, I just I, it, that's the thing. It's like I know people want this war again, this mentality of like the Wednesday Night War. It's going to be different the way people are going to consume it. Like first, how you and I consumed it in the nineties. Like yes. it, it's it's going to be a different perspective and. Like even, I do feel like people are getting really ahead of themselves. Yeah. It, it's like, how about we just root for AEW to be financially viable and survivable, you know? Like, because I'm not wishing this on any of those guys, and I think they have a really good business plan, and they have got, like, the NFL money behind them and everything mm-hmm. like that, and they've put on some killer shows. But what if it flops? And what if this time next year there is no AEW? Y- you know, like, that is, that's not what I want. I don't think that's likely. But that's a possibility. True. And, and, and like for me, it's 
Some people are like, oh, this is going to undercut AEW. It was like, no, I hope this, if anything, it brings out more fans. Like, I was watching TNT over the weekend, and I saw ads for AEW. I'm like, awesome. I love that. So imagine, you know, you're a casual wrestling fan or maybe haven't watched in a while. You see those commercials on TNT just part of your Saturday night TV watching. I'm like, oh, maybe I'll start tuning in. So hopefully this will usher in a new generation of wrestling fans. And so, if anything, I just think this is this is all. This, we should be cheering for all this, like you said. Now, for you and I, this is going to be a lot to talk about because we already talked about Raw, SmackDown. Now the NXT is on USA Network. I'm sure more people are going to watch it. Therefore, want to hear maybe other people recap it, like what we do. We we might have to start dividing up responsibilities, Huey. I know, gonna, like I'm going to get, get drafted to SmackDown, and you're going to get drafted to Raw. And we're just, I'm not going to watch that show, and you're just going to have to tell me what happens. I know, like well, honestly, I was thinking about it. I was like maybe. Like, Sorry, you got Raw, buddy. It's three hours. <laughs> so maybe we record Wednesday. Talk about Raw. No, but see, then Raw SmackDown's moving to Friday. I don't know. Like the schedule is going to be all over the place. It's a lot to take in but uh i just from what we know so far a lot of people are like oh the current nxc that we love is dead or is going to be dead people are getting really ahead of themselves with that too well here's the thing so we know it's going to be two hours live every week at but still going to be at full sale so i think that's that's crucial maintaining that atmosphere absolutely but my only concern brilliant call but just like you know, filling it up with 400 plus people every week versus like once a month and they do a TV tape. I don't think they'll have an issue with that. I, th- okay. I, th- I think the NXT brand and the excitement surrounding it and people like being on TV. Yes. So so I, I think that that's going to help people. But you're right, though. The, the decision to keep it at full sale is huge because that that environment is so special. That's what made uh, watching Lucha Underground so immediately special was like, mm-hmm. dude, these these fans there are insane. Yeah. And and just the vibe, it made you want to be a part of it and see what was going on. It's very similar to sort of like the ECW faithful back in the day. And it's through smoke and mirrors and makes you make it look like a lot more people are there. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, it's even like it becomes like a travel destination. Like, hey, listen, I'm going to travel. Kind of like when you go to see like Letterman or Leno or any yeah. of the late night hosts. You travel to a specific city and maybe part of your vacation is to visit this locate, uh, place. So this could be a great thing. If you know every week there's going to be a show there, it kind of gives me more incentive for people to come out on a regular basis. But um, it's, it's interesting though, because I think a lot of people value NXT so much. It's like, you know how we like maybe like an underground band or something, but then they get signed and everyone starts liking them. Like that was my band before everyone else knew about it. I think that's kind of like something I, Really was uh, like in the 90s, there was a lot of bands I loved, and all of a sudden they got bigger and bigger. But that's what you want for them. Yeah, like absolutely. That, that's the, mentality, yeah. the mentality people should have is that you you want them, which is, which is why like when we talk about, oh, I don't want so-and-so to get called up, I always preface it with, look, I want them to make their money, but creatively, I know everybody's been sort of better served staying at NXT. Okay, so let's talk about the creative. I told Melissa Santos a few years ago at Comic-Con, it's like, look, you know, like, I, I want you to get all the money in the world. But I don't think WWE would would you wouldn't have the same sort of pizzazz and personality uh, or leeway in WWE yeah. as you do in Lucha. Well, so maybe let's kind of touch on sure, our well, thoughts. I know it's not even around anymore. So <laughs> our creative side, she's busy with Brian Cage doing big things, you know, impact and all yeah. that stuff. But okay, a lot of people are upset. Oh, it's going to two hours versus the hour, which was a lot easier to consume. Usually, the form- formula is. You know, they usually have maybe an opening promo. They have three matches, a couple backstage segments. Boom, end of show. Very easy to digest and take it all in. Now, at two hours, they're kind of worried that you're going to see a lot of similar faces over and over again, which before you might see someone 
once every other week or every couple weeks. So therefore you have time to miss them. And when they do show up, it's a big deal. And you, 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 you are super excited to see them again. It might come in situations like Ron Smackdown where you see the same faces over and over and you're like, Oh, I'm getting burnt out. Do you, what's your take on kind of on that, that aspect of it? It's like, okay, two hours. That's a lot more programming to fill. But for me, I'm thinking they have a big roster. They've signed a lot of people over the last couple of years. Now, I think the big debate is, is, I don't know if this is NXT's current strongest lineup or roster they currently had versus what they maybe had the last couple of years. A lot of the big names have moved on to Raw and SmackDown. They got, trust me, they got a lot of great wrestlers right now, but they've had a lot of great names in the past who are no longer there. So well, we, I feel like, me personally, that we need to have some type of supplemental draft uh, in, in terms of that, that that's something that that needs to happen is a, is another shakeup or draft or whatever you want to call. It. I don't want to necessarily see uh, Ron SmackDown pillage the current NXT roster, but like who's to say you know we couldn't get uh, the War Raiders back on NXT mm-hmm. or the Authors of Pain or any? I mean, we've seen Fandango and and uh, Tyler Breeze go back and and everything like that. So now that it's its own brand, its own thing, and maybe it, it's better for certain. Uh, performers creatively to be there. Maybe certain writers know how to write those characters better. Okay, uh, who, who's to say that uh, a Shinsuke Nakamura Could come back. couldn't couldn't go back to NXT? Any female wrestlers you want to see come back to NXT from Raw or SmackDown? Um, I'm like thinking like like you know maybe someone has to get a lot of screen time like a Dana Brooke. Or... I, yes, I think that's I think that's a terrific call. I, I mean, I'd like to. <laughs> Hell, I'd like to see Kyrie uh, Kyrie Sane go back to yeah. to NXT. Cesaro, maybe. Yeah, or, you know, yeah, like, did, yeah, guys like that. You know, Rusev stuff like yeah. you know people that necessarily maybe that you don't have time for that everybody says is super talented. Mm-hmm. You're like, well, let's let's see it. Um, I'm sure the Ascension wants to go back to NXT, but I, <laughs> I don't know. Well, let me ask you: like going live, is this also going to be a lot more fun? Just because it's live, like. Kind of a lot problem. more pressure. I don't know if it's going to be more fun. I think, uh, I've, I, I think the more laid back atmosphere is when you know a show is taped. You know you can screw up. You know, you've, you've got the you've got that uh, netting beneath you. Going live, uh, they won't have that netting. So it's going to be it's not going to be all fun and games anymore. There, it's going to be it's going to be different, and, and the pressure is going to be on. Well, it sucks because like with the current formula with the tapings, there's always these spoilers coming out, and so it's like. Man, no, I, I gotta try to avoid that because I want to watch the show for what it is. But now when it's live, all right, you gotta watch it in live in real time, to see what happens. But the uh, the other thing too is, um, aren't you concerned? Like a lot of people are concerned that okay, if it's on USA Network, that means Vince McMahon is gonna want to be more hands on with this, and people are, are oh my god, it's like you see kind of the frustrations with Raw and SmackDown every week. Like, is Triple H going to be less control now because Vince is going to be sliding back in there or sliding in there, I should say? Like, what's your take on Vince potentially kind of maybe running the show more of NXT, a property that he doesn't know too much about? I, I <laughs> Wow. That's a, that's a statement. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say that NXT is a property that Vince doesn't know much about. I, I would say that Triple H has done a fantastic job with NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, kudos to you, Triple H. Uh, Vince McMahon is the greatest promoter to ever live or walk this earth. Uh, so I am not going to besmirch the good name of Vince McMahon as as if somehow he is some sort of Al Davis esque pariah that will, like when once he gets his tendrils into this product that it will kill it. Uh, no, Vince Vince McMahon is is a one a fantastic businessman to the greatest promoter to ever live. 
So I, I would I would venture to guess that he has a good gauge that he knows that Triple H has done a good job and is going to continue to let Triple H do a good job. Will will certain things maybe change for the television presentation that Vince will want input on? Sure. Uh, I'm I'm coming at this with very a very optimistic perspective in terms of Vince McMahon's involvement. Is is Raw and you know in need of a facelift and and certain things? Yes, but that I, I feel like a lot of that is due to just the the, the time of it. It's three mm-hmm. hours, mm-hmm. Uh, which is which is at least an hour too long. They have a lot of responsibilities to cover yeah, in ex- that three hours. Exactly. So I I don't know. I I think I think again the. I think that's overblown. The 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 Vince McMahon panic that, that that this has caused to me is really sad. Like because you throw a dart at a board, there's a good chance that you're a pro wrestling fan. If you are a pro wrestling fan, it's probably because a character that Vince McMahon helped build. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and the other thing too is this, um, and this one that I was texting you and, and our buddy Mike about. This could be a good thing if Vince has a little more say in NXT or at least is more aware of what's going on because I think a lot of issues people have is when someone who's amazingly over or talented or has this great character on NXT, but when they get called up to Raw or SmackDown, it, it kind of it fumbles or they, they, they just burnt out or fade away or become a jobber or whatever happens. And people are like, does Vince, I mean, this is the excuse people throw out there. It's like, oh, Vince didn't know how to use this person like they were used in NXT. It, it, it this sucks. Therefore, it goes back to just what people say. It's like, oh, going to the main roster is a curse. Like, people want to, should stay, want to stay on NXT for as long as they can and be over for what they are. But for me, if Vince is involved a lot sooner in someone's wrestling career like that on NXT, then he could see firsthand why is that person's over and therefore either maybe tweak it a little bit for the better or or tweak it in a way that no will be a better transition onto Raw or SmackDown. So you get what I'm saying? Like this could be a good thing. Like he'll see someone like, you know, Velveteen Dreams, like, oh, okay, I see how he understands what's working. What's working. Yeah. And then okay, I'm gonna carry that over when eventually I feel like he's ready for Raw yeah. and SmackDown. As opposed to like back in the day, you like just throwing out like the higher power storyline. He just sees Christopher Daniels small guy in comparison to the undertaker how the hell is that going to work you know yeah, Christopher yeah, Daniels yeah. a legendary wrestler mm-hmm. it's like Vince only knows him he's a he's a small guy you know so yeah a lot of that could could be good with him being more hands on with this and seeing how those characters are working uh, I, I'm choosing to be optimistic about this I have to shift gears entirely right now though I'm going to go to John Moxley's Twitter uh, and he says this I'm absolutely gutted to have to deliver this news but I'd rather it come directly from me in a nightmare scenario, a serious case of MRSA has returned to my elbow. The timing couldn't be worse. In this circumstance, I am forced to pull out of the fight August 31st versus Omega at All Out. So that Whoa. is just coming across as we are taping this episode. Uh, John Moxley sadly having to pull out of his match uh, with Kenny Omega um, no way. at All Out. That is a uh, that is a big-time bummer for John Moxley. He went, on, he went on to say... I apologize to all involved, most importantly the fans. I'm incredibly frustrated and pissed off. I'll have surgery this week to remove the oh. bursa sack on my elbow and be done with it for good. Should be a quick recovery, so I'll be 100% for AEW Wednesday nights on TNT. Okay. Uh, still, I expect All Out to be an amazing pay-per-view. Hope the fans, hope all the fans out there looking for an alternative tune in. You'll be blown away by AEW and be excited to be a wrestling fan. I'm looking forward to watching as a fan myself. That is hard, hard news uh, for John Moxley. 
Uh, that's a big bummer, man. You never want to see anybody get hurt. And certainly on, on the on the precipice uh, of something so big, on the edge of so much glory for AEW and for himself personally, I mean, this really has been a triumph of a reinvention for him. This That really sucks. Yeah, totally. Um, that's, just- a hu- that's a huge... Huge blow to him personally. I'm sure he wanted to go out there and deliver an amazing match and just keep this momentum going of life after WWE. Yeah. I mean, this was this is the signature show, uh, signature pay-per-view for all elite wrestling that he's a, a major, major focal point of. Uh, to have to pull out is, um, that is a devastating, devastating uh, bit of news to see uh, for John Moxley. I'm, I'm happy that it will be dealt with and he'll be good to go for, you know, it's not a career-threatening injury, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, boy, you talk about bad timing. Um, that's really, really unfortunate uh, for John Moxley. Damn. I, yeah. I hated seeing that. That's- you should still tune in and watch All Out next weekend. It's yeah. It's going to be a big weekend for wrestling. No doubt about it. Also seeing now that AEW has already acted – uh, on this unfortunate news with John Moxley and it all out it is going to be Kenny Omega taking on Pack aka Neville or I guess FKA uh Neville from WWE mm-hmm. um I mean that's that's about as uh, big a matchup it was you know it was one that was rumored in the early going of AEW in terms of how these things uh would go down that it was going to be uh Pack and Adam Page Pack would win that, and the match for the AEW Championship was rumored to be it was going to be Kenny Omega and Pack. So mm-hmm. we're getting this at all out now. So what do you, what do you think about that? Just in terms of a replacement, I'm I'm very happy with that. I mean, finally we get his technically AEW debut now yeah. with them because he appeared back in what January at that first major press conference, and then kind of disappeared with all the behind the scenes politics and stuff going on between AEW and Dragon Gate and his status with that company versus AEW. So it's, it's a really nice make good now in this situation. And, hey, listen, they're both extremely talented wrestlers. So to see them go at it at All Out, I'm very happy as a as a backup plan. Yeah, and it's an unfortunate situation. Kudos to AEW for acting as quickly as they did, getting a deal done uh, for that. But, yeah, uh, best wishes to John Moxley uh, in his recovery. Uh, mm-hmm. Awkward segue and transition from there. Um, Good job, Jimbo. Into, Are we all done with NXT talk? We're all done with with, with all that. Uh, but we got to talk about uh, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown this week. Uh, the King of the Ring tournament kicked off, among other things. Um, as, as that, we'll be jumping around a little bit, but as the mm-hmm. King of the Ring tournament sort of spread out across both shows, um, I was very disappointed and underwhelmed with sort of the presentation of the King of the Ring tournament mm-hmm. matches, yeah. they were just they were just thrown out there, yeah. at, you know, at random points during the show. None of it felt important. Uh, you know, they had the crown out there and everything, and, I, and I think the best reference to the throne uh, was Charlotte saying that she deserved a chair like that. But uh, yeah, I was I was very disappointed. Uh, with with just how unimportant it all came across, and I know they're the preliminary matches and everything like that, but it just it just didn't feel like King of the Ring at all to me. Well, if anything, it felt like qualifying matches yes. for the eventual pay per view. Correct. But we're not getting a pay per view. These are all taking place for the next few weeks on Raw and SmackDown Live, respectively. And it was just amazing because they were kind of doing like a little uh, preview or highlights of past King of the Rings. And the one like that caught my eye was when Brock Lesnar won. But the pay-per-view setup, the stage setup for that, the you know the huge backdrop and all that, I was like, man, I just I missed. Was that the year that they did uh, Kurt Angle versus Shane? I 
where he threw him through the glass. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, was that, that, 2001? Was, that was a great one. So, but that's what I'm saying. It, it, it's King of the Ring as a pay per view for us. You and I, we grew up during that. Was always a big pay per view to look look forward to. In many ways, it was kind of like a big five. It was the fifth biggest pay per view of the year after Rumble and WrestleMania, uh, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. That was like the big thing. This was before Money in the Bank became a thing. So I'm with you. It, it's for Raw and SmackDown, I think what you said, it was great to have maybe use these as qualifying matches, but give us like an actual pay-per-view where it's it's a tournament in one night. So it's like you win, you move on, but the challenges become more and more difficult. It's like a video game. You're moving on from round to round. So if you're in the finals, you've been kicking ass all night, but you're like tired and you can sneak out that victory. It's a big deal because you survive all three stages in one night. So that that's what I miss, and I'm with you. It kind of just feels like it's thrown together. It's just that episode of Raw or SmackDown with these matches put on last minute. Kurt Angle versus Shane McMahon was from King of the Ring 2001. Okay. Uh, fun fact of that King of the Ring, that was the year that Edge won. Uh, okay. Kurt was not only in the King of the Ring tournament, he made it to the finals against Edge, but then was also in that street fight uh, against Shane McMahon. So wow. he, was, he was pulling a lot of a lot of a lot of work for Kurt. Yeah, uh, on that uh, on that evening at King of the Ring, but yeah, it just it just felt there. It didn't. It doesn't doesn't feel important at all. I'm already kind of over it. Uh, <laughs> but the matches itself were pretty solid, right? I mean, just the, some of the qualifying matches itself. Yeah, but or none not of qualifying. It, they're just they're part of that opening none, round. None of it felt important. Uh, the, I thought the best match that we got on Raw was Dolph Ziggler and Roman Reigns. I was I was actually mm-hmm. stoked. Like that kicked off the show, and they had a really good match. But that wasn't a King of the Ring match. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm very underwhelmed so far by the the presentation of King of the Ring, uh, and, and everything with that. Um, but we did have some interesting developments on Raw with Rey Mysterio trying to hang up the mask tearfully. I did not like that because like I don't, like I want Rey to have like another great run, and I know this is like an angle he's not retiring yet, and it's yeah. like they're they're uh, bringing Dominic into an on screen role and probably an in ring role uh, with him. Um, so it'll be maybe get like a tag team scenario. Uh, there with Ray and his kid, but I, I really, I think Ray still got it. So I, I don't want to see him hang it up anytime soon. I don't want to redux sort of like Kurt Angle farewell tour with Ray. I mean, let's look if Ray if Ray's done, he's done. But he came back to WWE, and I feel like they should have like made your deal. Right, should have made him a bigger deal than they have so far. I'm with um, you. But that's just uh, that was just my takeaway from that segment. Well, I mean, I, it was good good emotion by Ray. It's just like me as a fan. It's like, nah, dude, you like make them. Put the belt back on you. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. A couple things. I mean, just for, for this current angle, like since when, when you like retire as a luchador, you got to take off your mask on live TV. Like, dude, what? I was so happy he didn't. Yeah. Dude, like, no, dude, we've been I was through like, this. Nitro all over didn't, again. Didn't work in nitro. I was like, what's no, you don't need to do that. Like you can retire and still keep your mask on. Uh, but as far as his current run, I'm with you. Like I kind of thought it'd be a bigger deal. Cause I remember Ray, Obviously, his, his great years on in WCW, but when he came to WWE, he was like the underdog. Took a few years, but he finally became a main eventer, especially for it was a SmackDown, and it was like he was always kind of like in and out of the title scene. Yeah. So for me, I was like, even though he might be the smallest guy on the roster, I always viewed him as one of the big names and one of the top competitors and one of the legit threats to be the world champion on a consistent basis. So that's why for me, when he came back, I was like, all right, we have like a, a legit veteran who could be a possible champion again. And that's why I'm with you. It's like, I feel like they kind of been fumbling with his return. 
like I feel like some of his matches with Andrade have been amazing, and I wish the blow off was at WrestleMania. But I feel like they're tapping into it again. I'm like, I'm kind of like burnt out already in the last four or five months. I've, I, if I haven't done, I can't see another Andrade Ray match for a while. I'd be happy. I think I'm just it's it's like you can only go that well so many times. I'm over it. Let's move yeah. on. There's plenty of other guys Ray could take on, or if he's gonna be that veteran role. There's plenty of guys he could put over as well. Whatever they desire for him for the next year or so, there's plenty of other things he can be getting into, different programs that are much more worth his time and energy. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, Ray and Andrade had big dollar signs all over it, and they just kind of played it out over TV. Um, we got We got to talk about King's Court. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler was set to have Sasha Banks on. Uh, that didn't work out. Uh, and uh, the fiend showed up and got got a hold of Jerry the King Lawler. Um, I was not. I did not think that this was the best use of the fiend that we've that we've gotten so far. Really, I, I, I like I, Jerry Lawler saying, "I'm getting out of here." I hated that. That was so cartoonish <laughs> and just like it just, <laughs> just why, why even draw it out? Just have it happen to him. And the, and the even more cartoonish part was Michael Cole on commentary going, "Jerry, turn around, Jerry." Jerry. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. It's uh, it was definitely. <laughs> I don't know. I enjoyed it though. I was kind of laughing. It, it, it was not. It was not the best. Uh, the best uh, usage of the fiend thus far. Yeah, I mean, at least we got him back again. Because after not being there last week, it was just nice seeing him again on TV. Yeah, I would have rather him just gotten Jerry. Just like get, what in just, the ring? Yeah, or in the ring, or just like instead of like the slow like pop up from behind and everything, just have him get it. it just it was a little. It's a little too cheesy for well, my taste. Well, let's ask, just follow up on that, because Jerry was filling in for Graves out on vacation, I think it was. But then, was it Vic Joseph came in? Oh, yeah, after- yeah, that's in my notes, absolutely. Okay, yeah, just, I, I enjoyed him. I thought Vic, Cho- Vic Joseph did a fantastic job. I, th- I thought he was really good, because I was listening to him intently during the matches. He was really, really good. So hats off to Vic Joseph on just a, a job very well done. And was it me? Like Michael Cole kind of, I don't want to say took it off for the night, but he kind of like stepped certain back. Ma- in certain matches, yeah, Cole let, Cole let him take the reins. Yeah. And in terms of being straight up play-by-play, Vic Joseph really delivered in a big way. I, I was like, I wonder if that's kind of like a little bit of an audition, maybe. Absolutely. It was, well, dude, and he stepped up, and I and I thought he hit a home run. So good, good for Vic Joseph. I because I, I know for him he's been busy. He does like NXT UK and Two Hundred Five Live. So maybe this is time for him to. And I don't on. and I don't watch either of those shows, uh, because you know I have to do other things like work for a living and, and whatnot. So are you going to watch NXT UK Takeover next weekend? No. I'll watch it. I'll watch it for you. Thank you. Exactly. Yeah, you've been you've been assigned that one. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I thought I thought uh, Vic Joseph did a really really good job. Uh, so we didn't get Sasha Banks on King's Court because the Fiend got to Jerry. Uh, but Sasha Banks eventually did an interview with Michael Cole, and she just talked about her hair and then said, "You're welcome." Uh, what'd you think? <laughs> it's okay. I, I'm glad she's acting more heelish. But it, I just felt bad for Natty a little bit. Uh, well, I guess for later on in the night. In that exact promo, I think it was good. Just keep it short and simple. And it, it just Sasha in the updated version of being the legit boss, just you know, being a heel. Like it's 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 a fresh thing for her because we just that's she's been gone for four months, so to have her back and being a heel, that's fine with me. But later on in the night, I just felt bad for Natty when she attacked Natty because Natty was trying to cut a promo but in the backstage area i just was the fans were saying what what over it's like she's trying to 
use her dad's death as a storyline, and then Sasha comes running in and beats up on Natty, and the crowd started cheering. It's like, no, that's not what we want. You're supposed to be cheering for Natty to or rooting for Natty and booing Sasha in the situation. But it's unfortunate just the way it was done, the presentation that Sasha was getting cheers for being up Natty when it's like, no, no, she's supposed to be the heel right now. Yeah. That was my one concern with all that. It's like, that's not what I think WWE wanted. The, uh, the real big thing to come out of Monday Night Raw this week was uh, good guy Seth Rollins setting up the tag team title match with he and Braun Strowman versus uh, the OC. Uh, and they, they won, I, I think, which is a, a rather um, predictable outcome. Uh, they're doing the the sort of rivals as tag team champions yeah. deal, which they've done time and time and time again in WWE. What's they, your favorite rival tag team? Uh, I would have to go with, uh, I liked Sean and Steve. Yeah, okay. Uh, I liked Sean and Cena. <laughs> they do. Yeah. I, I was laughing about with a, with a friend. It's like they did Sean and Cena, and at the same time on SmackDown, they did uh, Undertaker and Batista <laughs> yeah, <laughs> leading okay, to the same yeah. WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so, I mean, they've done that time again. I did, like, the subtle uh, sort of... Austin and Taker were as well right before SummerSlam 98. I think Austin and Dudelove were, too. Yeah. Or Dudelove had to fill in maybe for Sean, who was hurt or something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, um, But uh, I liked the subtle sort of facial expression and the, the body language of Braun Strowman at the end when they're doing, like, the poses and he looks at the Universal Championship. Yeah. So that's where we're headed with Braun and Seth moving forward. Um, I just don't want them to heel turn Braun. That's what it looks like, though. It like that's looks like that's the answer in order to keep. This is a new beast for for Seth to take down. I just feel bad for the OC. It's like what they were tag teams for what three weeks. And it's like what was I was like ah like yeah. It's a hot potato. I just it just it's unfortunate they're using the tag team titles as just um, uh, a, a, a a prop for storytelling between. The build up a rivalry between Seth and Braun instead of just using the tag titles as this prestige award for the tag team division. Yeah. It's just being used right now as a way to build some, as you said, tension between these two guys for the main event scene. So that's why I'm kind of torn. Don't get me wrong, there's been plenty of times WWE has used the rivals all of a sudden have to work, be on the same page, and be tag team champions. We've seen plenty of examples of that over the years, and a lot of it can be very entertaining. Because you're tuning in every week now. It's like, are they going to turn here? Is one of them going to turn on the other person now? Or one's going to accidentally hit the other one? They're going to lose the titles. And then, therefore, that's going to springboard one of them turning on the other and start hating each other and building up the rivalry for the next pay-per-view. So, listen, it's it's an old story uh, st- way of storytelling for them. So, once again, they're just going back in the well for that. So, this is something for the next few weeks. We can just start tuning in and see what's going to happen. Uh, as we transition into SmackDown, I'll mention in passing uh, the Randy Orton revival friendship and the feud with the New Day and, and Kofi Kingston has been really good stuff. Kofi and Randy Orton has been the best feud for Kofi since he's won the oh, championship. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I was I still don't like the finish that they had at SummerSlam. I still would have liked to have seen uh, Kofi just get straight up a win in that match. Um, and you know, go on from there. But I, but I, I like what they're doing with this. I think it's, it's been really good now. Really, really good. Yeah, absolutely. I like the hashtag 
F-T-R-K-O. Yes, it's good. <laughs> yes, I like, I like that. I, I, and I continue to like uh, Randy Orton playing off the uh, the real-life incident where he called Kofi stupid in the ring and him just keep continuing to call Kofi. It's good. It's a great feud. This is a this is a feud befitting of the title of record in WWE, so it's I, I'm, I'm excited for this. I really like it. You see Kofi look like he got a little haircut, too? Yeah, I did see that. I was that. like, all yeah. right. Hey, a little trim for the champion. I'm all for that. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that. But the real, the real main, the real main crux of SmackDown this week was the ongoing who attacked Roman Reigns saga, and that went on all night long. And like Daniel Bryan's doing the best he can with it, and stuff like that. And the new Daniel Bryan is still like I feel like he's just lost some some luster though. Uh, sort of been lost in the shuffle a little bit. Um, I'm pissed they never gave them like eco-friendly tag title. Yeah, bills. they should have done um, that. But it's just who attacked Roman Reigns deal going on and on, and then they they bring in a guy in a hood and like it's just like what? Why is he sitting in this shroud all night long? And it's apparently it was this, this is Rowan's dad. What like what are we what are we doing here? What are we, what are we doing with? By this? the way, you see they recently updated it back to Eric Rowan yeah, on the website. That. Congrats, <laughs> you found your first names. WWE history, our names actually gotten longer. So maybe uh, Mustafa Ali will become that. He's again. recently said that he likes just being called Ali, which really? I think is BS. But oh, that's a good company, man. Andrade, uh, you know, gets. gets Oh, you get all back. CN I'll give you CN dollars if he if he gets his <laughs> but, full name back. But, but I will admit, before that though, the Buddy Murphy Daniel Bryan match really tremendous, really good. It's like I'm glad to see Buddy Murphy in the last couple of weeks get some TV time out there again. So yeah, hey, if, if if anything, this whole saga was a way to get Buddy Murphy on TV again. Cool by me, but yes, yeah, the very end it's just. Like, I started laughing. Dude, I'm like, fake and black. We just pull a shroud off the guy, and it's like, it's like the opposite of the it was me all along moment. Like, it's just like, who? They Who's Ro- this guy? Rowan's dad? He was Rowan's dad? They put Rowan through the face app. Good God. <laughs> like, what the hell are we supposed to make of that? It was just cheesy fade to black and... Is this guy going to come back next week? <laughs> like I, He has to. Like I'm so over this saga already. Wait, so that's a fake beard. Dude, that looked like pasted on, like taped I, on. I, I just looked bad <laughs> as what it did. Uh, but some, some maybe some more interesting things outside of this just Roman Reigns saga that's gone on too long. Uh, what do you think about Sami Zayn becoming uh, Shinsuke's mouthpiece? I was kind of confused because, you know, it came out for that with The Miz and all that. And I was like, okay, I... I it's different, and I'm not going to be quick to judge. Like, oh, I hate it. Like, let's see how it plays out. It could be maybe really funny or not funny, but like a very entertaining. And if this helps get Shinsuke on TV regularly again, especially with the IC belt, I want the IC champion. As we always say, I think the IC title represents like the working man or the working people's championship. So if this is a way to get him on regularly defending that title, uh, you know, at least every week or every other week, I'm all for it. And if this helps kind of gets maybe Shinsuke over as a heel champion. If Sammy can help add to that, I'm all for that. Let's ride this out a little bit before we make a quick decision one way or the other. I'm uh, I'm interested to see where it goes because Sammy's been killing it on the mic and then out of nowhere he sort of got lost in the shuffle, but the critic of the critics deal was working well. Yeah. So I think – but the thing is he's so damn good in the ring that I hate to see him just be a manager – but he certainly has a future doing that after his in-ring career is over with. But I'm cautiously optimistic 
uh, about that. I'm over the Shane and KO deal. My goodness gracious. Like, it's just, why is this continuing on like this? And also, why are you having a story like KO come like hat in hand being like, I need to like provide for my family? Uh, kind of deal. It's like, ugh. Well, you're trying to make this badass, like, anti-hero personality, and all of a sudden he's like, you know, family man. So like, no, like, you can't be at all. You got to be, like, kind of like a, ba- if you're going to be a badass, just be the badass, like, loner out there doing your thing, whatever you want. But, like, you bring these other elements in, it doesn't fit the personality. So it's like, you can't do it all at once. And I, I suspected that Shane was going to probably cost KO something in the King of the Ring. I was thinking maybe more in the finals, like, Yo, Shane or uh, uh, KO trying to win the King of the Ring finals match, and Shane causes him, uh, and maybe that will lead to. I'm assuming it's gonna. This is leading to a Hell in the Cell match. That way, Shane gets his big spot in the pay per view. Like, come on, Hell in the Cell. Like, instead of thinking maybe like Mick Foley or Undertaker or Shawn Michaels, all these great matches that were done there. I think this is. You know how like Shawn Michaels, Mr. WrestleMania, Johnny Gargano, Mr. Takeover, Shane McMahon, Mr. Hell in a Cell. Like I think this is what it's building up for. It's just another Shane McMahon. Do I don't a think big Shane spot. will ever be thought of as Mr. Hell in a Cell. But I mean, wait, come on. Who else is gonna right now? Who else deserves a storyline that that's gonna lead to a Hell in a Cell match or resolve in a Hell in a Cell match? I mean, right I mean, now we've had storylines that deserve to be in the cell that they didn't put in there, and they've had we've had one. Unless they do couple like Randy Orton, yeah. Kofi. Or I something. hate that that they have the Hell in the Cell pay per view in general because it forces you to put a match in there that necessarily doesn't doesn't necessarily deserve it. Uh, if you have if you have a Hell in a Cell pay per view on the calendar, that means no matter what, whether or not you have a feud befitting of that or not. You're going to put it in the cell as opposed to if you just have that as a stipulation down the line and let's say we're at fully loaded or something like that. It's like, yeah, well, we're going to put them in the cell because that's that's the only logical place that we have to go with this. Now. It's just an, it's just a stipulation match at yeah. a regular paper. Like maybe say let's maybe do a hell in a cell in NXT with Gargano and Cole. That's something that that's where they have left to go. Yeah. Um, kind of deal. It's and like the last resort. Yeah. Um, but. That that was pretty much it from Raw and SmackDown this week. God, the terrible reveal. I mean, I guess we'll see where. I, I, I you know, maybe the new Daniel Bryan can save it. I'm this hopeful. is the new Eric Crow. I'm hopeful. Yeah, guys, it looks like the old Eric Crow is what it looks like. Um, maybe maybe uh, why couldn't they have brought Harper back or something? I mean, like, what's he doing? Yeah, what is he doing? Yeah, earn that money, funny. I know the uh, man. But like I, I like I said, what a time right now. There's so much to keep track of. Like literally, come like literally in like a month or six weeks, Jimbo. We're gonna have so much wrestling. Like four major. I'm, I'm dead serious. By the way, four major you, shows you, to you, keep you track. Think of. I'm kidding? But we're gonna have to start dividing up what to watch. Like what you and I will just sit here and I'll tell you. Hey, yeah, exactly. This, this is, is what happened. This is what happened. This is what I liked. You know, and I'm like, okay, okay, that sounds dumb. That Your sounds turn. cool. This kind of yeah. So I watched SmackDown this week. Uh, kind of stuff. So it's gonna, mean, it's gonna be very interesting. Like literally, I'm just thinking, like, okay, Monday. You know, I'll take Wednesdays. You can have Monday and Tuesday. <laughs> oh my, so, what? Uh, that's fine. Like, okay, yeah, m- no, Monday Raw, and then Wednesday you have NXT and AEW, and Friday SmackDown. I'm fine taking the sacrifice. You can have the longest running episodic television program in history, probably both the two most longest. You know, and then I'll and I'll take the upstart. You know, lower brands. I'll do NXT and AEW. I'll, wow. I'll make that sacrifice. Wow. I'll make that sacrifice. So you heard it here, here first, folks. So moving forward, 
come October when we have to split up the wrestling watching duties, Baby Huey will be on Raw and SmackDown. I will be on NXT and AEW. Huey will also have 205 Live and NXT UK and Evolve. And Ring of Impact, Honor. Impact. Ring of Honor. I'll take NWA when they smartly move on to Tuesdays. <laughs> so yeah, that's 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 the breakdown. Real quick, I was going to ask, but forget. Fox and all this. You think Fox might be a little upset? That- Fox reportedly is pissed about. Oh, NXT it is. Okay, I haven't USA. heard that because uh, they, originally the, it looked like the game plan was going to be okay. After this new deal, USA was only going to have Raw. Everything else WWE related was going to be under the Fox umbrella. You know, SmackDown on Fox, FS1 gain NXT, and then they were going to make like a an in-house like weekly wrestling show like a recap show or reporting show for Fox as well, or FS1. So they were really going to turn like their coverage, like they would do in the past for UFC and make like a, like a, a wrestling segment yeah. on their network. Now you look at, look at now Fox is only going to get a two hour SmackDown while USA gets five hours of program between raw and NXT now. So it's like USA is still walking away ahead with more WWE programming. That's why I assume Fox must be a little pissed off in all of this. Uh, they're a little miffed, if you believe the reports. There's billions of dollars for that. Uh, they're, they're a little miffed, if you believe the reports. But we got to get out of here. That is going to do it for us this week. For Baby Huey, I'm Bimbo Jimbo. And remember, if you're not in the click, see ya. I wouldn't want to be ya. <laughs>